Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity. Oh, curiosity. Folks, do you like the opening song? Because that's all me. I performed all the instruments, wrote it, sang it. <laughs> what do you think? Come on. All right. If you're new to a podcast, this is it, man. This is the only one that matters. I am Mr. Curiosity, otherwise known as Joe Snedeker. If you uh, have never heard of me or this, we're Newswatch 16 in Northeastern PA, the premier news outlet. A few years back, I did a segment called Mr. Curiosity, and I would just find the answers to things that boggle and bother my mind. Like, uh, why do some people have heart attacks while others don't? Why do dogs have wet noses? The list goes on, and I had to find the answers to these things. So it had a little break for a few years, but now it's back in podcast form. And I am Mr. Curiosity. I'm curious about things, and we hope to do these podcasts once a week, twice a month, four times a month. That would be once a week. You get the idea. We'll see how it goes. Spread the word. Keep listening. So here's my curiosity this week. Mrs. T's pierogies. Did you know they're in every state? Do you know they're one of the top frozen food uh, items that you can buy? Yeah, they're like in the top 50. This is big. This is huge. And what we have to do is find out how it started, where it started, why it started, and uh, how it continues onward. Get to uh, some viewer questions. We're doing it all today, man, because I'm curious about Mrs. T's pierogies. And uh, you probably thought, what is that name, Mrs. T's? Well, we went right to the source, a guy named Tom Twardzik. The Twardzik family is the T in Mrs. T's pierogies. So we called him up here and he said, sure, Joe, I'll do it. Oh, wait, that was my girl voice. He said, sure, Joe, I'll come right up and do this. And we sat down. We had a great conversation. An hour, 45 minutes, an hour, 10. What's too short for you? What's too long? It's just right is what it is. Sit down. Have a drink. Get on your bike. Well, not while you're drinking. Have a, have, a, have a workout. Go for a walk with the dog. Put the earplugs in, Bluetooth, and listen to a conversation with the great Tom Twardzik. Here we go, baby. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity. Oh, my goodness. This is it. This is the moment. Across from me is the progy. The, progy the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Tom Twardzik has arrived. I mean, this is it. This is it. This, Inaugural flight. This is it. This is uh, this, this is, is like we, Orville and Wilbur. It really is. And already I like this. It feels natural for me. So it's a good sign. <laughs> now, before I kind of begin, begin, I want to let you know this. And this is the only part of this whole interview I thought of. My wife always tells me, and this is probably how Mr. Curiosity even evolved. She said, Joe, you talk too much. Oh, you okay. ask too many questions. You wonder too many things. It's always been my problem since childhood. She said, you're too nosy. You're too, you're too question-oriented. So if I ask you things, and she also says I have no proper filter. Oh, that's so good, too. you have permission to say, shut up, Joe, at any time, <laughs> and I will cower down like a little child. Well, I've heard that the person being interviewed actually has control over the interview because I could just simply choose not to answer the question. I don't even have to say shut that's up. That's true, but that's, <laughs> uh, that's not my style. I'm not no. a control guy. So we're just going to wing this thing. We're going to talk. We're going to chat. And I want everyone to know that do I know Tom Twardzik? Yes. I know him from 15, maybe 18 years of bike ride sponsorships. Mm -hmm. But our relationship literally is like once a year – 
for two hours. In three-minute bursts. Yeah, in three-minute bursts. So I really don't know this guy other than that he's the coolest guy I know. He's he's not pretentious because I think he should be being the pierogi empire lord. I should be pretentious. You should be. Most uh, I'll have to work are, on think, that. With your power and money and prestige, <laughs> usually pretentiousness sneaks in, but not you. Oh, there's so much misconception out there. <laughs> Money, power, prestige. It's all there. And I want to say... Simple, humble pierogi makers. So here's where we begin, where I'd like to begin. I have Slovakian ancestors. Okay. And pierogies were a huge part of my entire life. With an H. Pierogi? Let's let's start right there. Okay. How do you spell this, and how did you determine which way to spell it? My dad attempted to anglicize the spelling of pierogi, so that's why ours is P-I-E-R-O-G-I-E-S. It is not... Technically correct. We have had scores of letters from customers over the years, uh, some offering to share how to spell it properly with us for free, others for a modest charge. <laughs> I get those emails too. Snap, you're spelling it wrong in your weather maps. Mm-hmm. But is there a correct spelling? That's what I need to know. The ones that I've seen are P I R O G I. P-E-R-O-G-I. Usually I is at the end, not Y or I-E-S as plural. Our, my dad attempted and thought by anglicizing the spelling it would be easier to pronounce. Right. I don't really think we accomplished yeah. that. Um, and my grandmother used to always... They, oh, there's a roll you of roll the R. At the end, right. Pierogi, yeah, pierogi. Well, the Slavic, I think I've seen with the H. P-I-R-O-H-I. But it's definitely one of those words because I have tried to research this and look it up years ago, and there's no correct spelling. It all depends on what, what background you want to ooze into in terms of its history. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, between the Ukrainians, the Slovaks, the yeah. Polish, uh, the Jewish, uh, Pirogin, um, we uh, – I don't want to get into why I was – I had to be looking at two different dictionaries at one time in, in the office because we had this really old dictionary. And I looked at it, and it didn't have the word pierogies in it. That's, I guess, how old it is. I don't know. The, yeah. the word is old. Um, and so then we, we had purchased a new dictionary. And I go right to the P's and look for pierogies, and pierogies is in the dictionary. It is. And it was spelled our way. Whoa! Win, win, win. <laughs> said, well, we may not have put Shenandoah on the map, but we've put pierogies in the Webster <laughs> dictionary. Yeah. I was pretty excited about that. Well, is it spell corrected on uh, on like an iPhone? I wonder. I don't know. I think I've put it in there, and it always yes. I'll I'll be changed from a Y to an I at the end. But oh yeah, it'll accept the P I E R. Woo! All yeah. right. I well, got Y on my license plate when I was in school in California, only because somebody already had it spelled with an I. California school, big shot. See, this is what we have to get into. So let's start <laughs> at the beginning. I'm going way back. Okay. You look like a guy my age. I don't know. I don't know if you want I think to even you're younger. I don't know if you want to give that information out. I'm 53, so maybe we can relate on some level. I am a li- I am older than just you. a little. A couple of years, yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Let's go way back to the. You knew this was going to happen. I have no idea how this started. You have to give us that. You probably told the story a gazillion times. How where Mrs. does T Mrs. T's come from? Is there a grandmother? Is sure. there a grandfather who's making these things? Who makes the big move? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, so. Mary Twardzik is my grandmother, my father's mother. And she used to work with the Union Polek group of ladies that would make pierogies for the church as a fundraiser. And uh, my dad, as a kid growing up, knew and ate pierogies through all those experiences. Yeah. And his market research was 
there be lines for pierogies at the church picnics. And he said, there could be a business in this. But what he had done is he, I think he had started school. I'm a little fuzzy on, on this, but he had started school, but then in, uh, went into the army. So he served in the army. So give us a year now. Where are we at? This you know? was 1940 40 something. Five or six. That's good enough. I have to remember not to tap on the table because that'll affect the microphone. It's the 1940s. Yes. Every church in northeastern central sure. Pennsylvania, they all have their pierogi yes, people. Yes, just like Wilkes-Barre. There's Shrana. all yep. these, yeah, ethnic diversities. All the ladies have pierogies. They brought it from the old world. Mm-hmm. But so he has a mom who's making pierogies like all the other church ladies. Yep. And then he gets called. He goes to, he, he goes to uh, serve. Uh, he does a year and a half in the Army in a program that they had and then went to college on the He's GI 18, Bill. He's 18, 19, 20, whatever. Yes. Let me get my numbers right. Some, well, I mean, okay. yeah. Who yeah. cares? Somewhere in there. <laughs> I mean, I care, but I don't care. Let them create a Google page for him. <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia yeah, yeah. page for him. Um, so he goes to school, and he went to the University of Notre Dame. Whoa. Now, his brother, Lou, had already been at Notre Dame and said, Ted, they're looking for people and come to Notre Dame. This was right after the war. Uh, Notre Dame has a very close uh, tie with Navy. So uh, my dad gets into Notre Dame on the GI Bill, and he gets a degree in accounting. So after graduation in 1951, he came and got a job at Arthur Anderson. Now, back in the day, that was one of the big eight accounting firms, very prestigious, and he got a job in accounting and auditing and was working at Hershey as an auditor. About a year. But he grew up in Schuylkill County. Grew up in Shenandoah, sure. Grew up in Shenandoah. Shenandoah guy. His mother, you know, uh, gets the the, the pierogi people with all the other pierogi ladies. His dad was a bar tavern owner. Ooh, this is so the plot is thickening. He goes off, gets the GI Bill, gets an education, comes back, gets a job. Mm-hmm. The pierogi thing is not like paramount. It's just no. another. It's just it's like you or I. It's oh no, well not you, but me. Oh yeah, there's old <laughs> ladies making pierogies. Who cares? They're tasty, but I'm moving on with life. He's. I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate <laughs> because he spent about a year. I don't know how long the idea of trying to get into the pierogi business was percolating. But he had written to – I found the letter, and he uh, – actually, the draft of the letter he wrote to his supervisors at uh, Arthur Anderson saying that he was going to leave. And he said, I'm, I'm going to leave. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not like one of those young bucks because it was very f- common for somebody to get experience at a firm like Arthur Anderson. Yes. And then, boom, move on into being hired and working at another firm. So he's uh, a year or two in now? He's a year in only. That's he's it. a year in, mm-hmm. single guy, mm-hmm. living outside. In New York. Of- he, was, he was working out of New York. Oh, so he was in the big city. There he yeah, is. Yeah, the, 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 it was a, a New York hotel stationery that he had drafted his uh, resignation letter on. Really? So he said, I'm not one of those people that have just used you to move on to another thing. I, I have no job and I have no prospects. <laughs> I love it. So you don't know. You're not glorifying the story. You don't know if he had another plan. You don't know if pierogies were on his mind. He was just, or, or you don't know. No, I, it was, I think it was August, September-ish that year. Uh, then I can find some more notes that uh, he was making pierogies and selling pierogies in December that year. No. Mm-hmm. August, the letter. Then later Something that, like that, that August, fall, September. winter, he's already... He's Some, making pierogies. Uh, he he had must have sales had this. of 
80 packages type of thing. Um, well, that's quite a jump. You're already jumping. So now he comes back to Shenandoah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he came starts, back to Shenandoah. And he starts selling pierogies. This is his, does he move in with mom and dad? Yep. He does. Yeah. Single guy. Yes. No, well, his, you, pa- his father had passed by then. Okay. Yeah, my grandfather. So he's by living then. with his mom. No, fifty-five. Let me get my dates right now. No, that's still all making sense. Yeah. I mean, no, we're somewhere was, in the forties. His father was still around for I think it was three more years because it was nineteen fifty-two when he started this, and okay. grandfather Frank passed in fifty-five. Sorry about that. Well, we I I think most people could relate. I went to college. You went to college. You mm-hmm. come back. You live at home for a while. Mm-hmm. You don't I know did. what you're going to do. I did. And you're starting to formulate your plans. You're meeting a special lady. You're planning your life. So he's home. He's home. He starts selling pierogies. And I wonder what he's doing. Bum. Like bum. He was a bum. He was a bum. That's the story he tells. Well, I came home after a degree from Notre Dame, and I work. I have a great job at a prestigious accounting firm, and I came home to make pierogies because everybody's making pierogies. Who needs? There's no market for pierogies in a store. Who's doing that? These stories make me <laughs> seem like a riskless loser. <laughs> Because I'm the guy who took the safe road, and maybe you are. Or oh my gosh! Yeah. Everyone has that dream. I'm going to do that. I'm going to quit the job. I'm going to, and they don't do it. I very quickly correct anyone that talks to me and calls me an entrepreneur, because I am not an entrepreneur. <laughs> hey. I came into an established business. Oh man, you're a working. big man to say that. I didn't start anything. My dad was 25 when he started the business. He quit his job and started a business. I remember who I was and what I was doing when I was 25, and I was not going to quit a job and I start know. A it's so hard to not take the safe route. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have, I have steady income. I have health insurance. Oh, gotcha. For a person to drop everything. Here he has a four-year degree. He's in the city. He's in an accounting position. That's... <clears throat> America, you have the freedom to, to uh, succeed and the freedom to fail. The trouble with these stories, even though I know it's going to go good, you, don't, you hear about the successes like this, but you, there's a, for every one guy like your dad, there's 10,000 others who did the same thing, and it didn't work out. Yeah, and then I, they, <laughs> all right, so we're in the 50s. He's home. He's got a mom and dad. He's selling pierogies to who? Local bars, local restaurants? Yeah, his first customer was the Capital Food Store. Yeah, but is he, like, pressing these things? Like, how do you commandeer mm-hmm. the church ladies to make the pierogies? Or is it just – I wonder how that went. He, he did them himself, of course, for the first few days or weeks. But he did eventually hire some ladies. There's that next move. Yeah, he hired people. We have a great picture. Um, I'm not sure where, if it's on the website and stuff, but it's been public, of course, for a long time because it was the original chefs around the table. And one of them was his sister, my Aunt Eleanor. And then there were four other ladies around the table, one of which ultimately became my mother-in-law. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So the plot thickens. Yes. All right. So he's making pierogies. It's the 50s. Making a couple bucks here. Now the next step. Is it a, is it a, if I follow the graph of, of Mrs. T's progress, doesn't have a name yet, right? We were a Tico, but not incorporated. As a sole proprietorship for the first five years, we were just a Tico. And the name of the product was Mrs. T's. Oh, it was. So originally mm-hmm. he said... Uh, Let's go with this. I heard my dad tell a story because I didn't know it at the time. I found a lot of stories out of my dad talking to other people who do the same thing as you're doing right now. It's like, tell me more. And uh, he said, I was trying to figure out what I would call them. 
what would be my brand name? <laughs> yeah. And will they be Mrs. T's or will they be Mr. T's? Yes. And as he's mulling it over and discussing this at the family t- dinner table, he said, I took one look in my mother's eyes and I knew it had better be Mrs. T's. Oh, man. <laughs> so his decision was made for him. Plus, that's a wise uh, marketing decision. Because, you know, I hate to say sexism here, but when you picture a woman making something to eat versus a guy, at least back then, sure. it has a little bit more hominess to mm-hmm. it, like mom and grandma's cooking. There's so, Betty Crocker for a reason, not Betty Joe Cro- Crocker. Yeah, yeah, G.I. <laughs> Joe cookies. That just doesn't work. I would have done that. Yeah. All right. So here we are. We're selling pierogies. Uh, but but this graph I speak of, the <laughs> the the spread, the profit, the potential, is it abrupt or is it slow and steady? Uh, it's slow and steady. Uh, people will see a company from 1952 to 2019, and it'll, of course, if you're lucky, you'll start with nothing, and you'll end up someplace better and more. But it's never a straight line. Okay. It's the ups and downs and the undulations. It's like your air uh, <laughs> airstream or air. I love how he's working in meteorology. <laughs> All right, so so it's the 50s, and we're selling but pierogies. We're moving dozens at a time. He's testing with the Capital Food Store, and, and uh, the guy that owned and ran the store said, Ted, enough with the testing. Give me stuff to sell. So we started to sell dozens at a time. But I have to stop you right there. Store. What is that? I don't know what that is. The Capital Food The Capital food store. food store was our first customer in Shenandoah. But what is that, a local market? like? Uh, yeah, a little deli. That's a yeah. little deli. Mm-hmm. But there is not- still a Capital Food Store in town. But that's just in Schuylkill County. It's a in one- Shenandoah. It's a one-off. Yeah. One-off. Okay. Okay. Yep. I thought maybe it was like an AMP. That no, no. Okay. Chains. No, no. So that, it's that just took one. a long time. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's one place. One store at a time. And he would go and try to convince him to try the pierogies. He would do a lot of samplings. And my dad's an operations guy. He is not one for the limelight. He'd rather be the helper uh, and stay oh, in yeah. the background. But to start your business and get people to try pierogies, he would have to go out to the stores and do demonstrations. He'd say, after the end of the day, my face would hurt from smiling. No. And being nice to people. To, like, to fake. Get them. Not fake, but you know, hey, come on. That's what I'm, Forced. We're, uh, <laughs> so he's the guy, he had pierogi dough in his fingernails. Sure. He's making them, he's pushing them, he's selling them. Yep. This my mom, excellent. that was part of their courtship. She would help. Boy, that's my next question. Where does, where does the woman come in? Where does... Um, Gene Roberts. Um, that's this, my mom. This is how far in. Is he still living at home? Meet some lady? He's still at home. Um, as a matter of fact, when they got married, it, that's why oh, I know my grandfather's passing as well. So they waited a year. So they were courting while the progy business was trying to get established. And my mom would tell stories that, yes, I'd go and we'd have uh, a coffee and a donut or something. And my job was I would watch some of the machinery. And if any of the grease would come out of the bearing. So I, I'd have to, <laughs> my job was to, quote, unquote, wipe the peanut butter. It oh, wasn't peanut butter. Yeah, it was right, right, food-grade right. grease coming. And so she'd wipe that and make sure everything is kept clean and running. So that was one of her jobs during her courtship. Uh, so they dated for a number of years. And she's a local Shenandoah girl? Yep. Yep, also from Shenandoah. And Is she, so here's your mom they, and dad in the making. Yeah, they got in the uh, they got engaged when uh, my dad's father passed away. They waited a year to get married out of respect. And so they got married in 1956. So now they're married. And my mom moved into the house at on to, at 218 that North Main Street. That was my next question. So she moves into the house where the business started. Where this all started. But my dad was kicked out of the house by then. I think he lasted less than a year, probably six months, uh, where they were working in the house. And then whoever was renting 
my grandfather's bar down on East Center Street left. They, their lease expired or they left the, the bar. And my grandmother said, okay, that's enough of making a mess in my kitchen. Go down to the bar and you can run your business there. But he's still living at home, but he's still doing living business home. down there. Oh, that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm. now we have a married couple. Yep. She doesn't do anything for a living? or she's uh, My mom? No, yeah, back then. Um, when they were dating... She was working. She brags that she'd never applied for a job ever. Uh, she was recommended by one person, and then somebody else would recommend her to another place. So she'd have three or four jobs uh, just by being asked to come work for them. And when they got married, uh, she came home on her first anniversary with uh, my oldest brother, Ted. Whoa! And so now we're... she didn't work after this she is had great. his children. So now we're making humans the next step. <laughs> This is big. I didn't want to get there yet. So it's the 50s. They're ending. It's now the 60s, maybe. Um, Ted is, yeah. We're ma- the late 50s, yeah. We're making, I don't know what kind of money. Is it just, he's, Not he's doing lot. all right. He's got a new car. He's got a, he's got a 57 Early Chevy. On. What does he have? Oh, boy. <laughs> How would you know that, right? I don't, I don't know. know. I know there's a Thunderbird some, sometime in the 60s that my mom used to drive. And but my I'm, dad would say she was a real lead foot. <laughs> The 400 That's horsepower fine. engine and his T-Bird would fly. Um, I guess, Tom, I'm just wondering was, like, when that small. moment is where things like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. My dad told stories that he would go beat up with friends from college, and uh, they had taken that path of careers, and they yeah. were making good money. Safeway. And they would talk about what he was doing and how very small scale it was. And he would brag because they were all smart businessmen. And as they probed the questions about what's this business doing, what are you selling, what are your costs, what's your profit. Uh, He was proud because they realized, oh, he's doing pretty good. Oh, yeah? And there's some money to be made in in running the business as frugally and and efficiently as he did. So he was eking out a living. I'm wondering if the money's coming in, he's doing okay, let's start having children. Here comes Tom. Here no. comes Tim. No, no, no. It's too early. I mean, if he starts the business in 52 and they get married in 56 and Ted's 57, uh, born in 57, no. Those no. first, he, like I said, he was a bum the first five years. He worked. They, they thought he was crazy for coming back home to Shenandoah to make pierogi. Uh, <laughs> the next 10 years, he worked his tail off. Uh, my mo- Oh, yeah. It reminds me of a story. Uh-oh. So my mom, he's working hard, working yeah. very, very hard. And people would comment, comment that uh, he's kind of nuts. Why He's working too hard. Why would you do that? Yeah. And 15 years in, you can see a level of success and say, boy, isn't he lucky? Yeah. He's a bum and stupid and he works too hard. But then all of a sudden he's lucky. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Tim right. and I were working together in the business, and we were complaining about working hard. We were busy. We were doing a lot of stuff, and we were putting a lot of hours in, and we were working hard. So we thought. <laughs> and we mentioned that at the dinner table. My dad wasn't in the house at the moment, and my mom, we just said to my mom how we were working so hard. And she, don't tell me how hard you work. <laughs> What? When you spend 20 hours a day pinching and mixing and folding, and then you have to pack it and sell it and transport. I said, okay, yeah. We, yeah, never, yeah, 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 yeah. we never ever said how hard we worked in front of my mother again. Oh, man, I love it. <laughs> See, that's why you're a good guy, this hard working and my, never well, spoon you, in the mouth of goldness kind of guy. <sighs> ah, we'll get to that later. 
<laughs> I, I'm still a little confused, though. So mm-hmm. your mom's helped making the pierogies, two, maybe a couple employees. Yeah, five people working. It's, it's now closing dad. in in the 60s. Sure. But it's still kind of localized. Very small. They're sure. not- Wilkes-Barre's Granton is our backyard. That is home. We are working with the Jim Brown, James O. Brown Company uh, here in Pittston, and he was our broker. Well, what do you mean now? You're leaving that area in terms of pierogie sales? When did that happen? Is it about that time? Somewhere in the mid- early 60s, mid-60s? That's what I'm wondering. No, it's earlier than that. Oh, it's my, earlier than that. Yeah, you're so starting- as I said, my dad was an operations guy, so after he was very local, he was looking to try to sell more, and really it was so he could make more because <laughs> he liked making things. He liked making the pierogies. He liked perfecting that. And hooked up with James O'Brown, and he became our master broker. They actually created a partnership together, Greatest Foods Incorporated. So Atico, for 30 years, had one customer. We sold everything to Greatest Foods. And James O'Brown and his company, as a broker, uh, became the sales men and sales force. And then he would he would assign more brokers. So, as a matter of fact, tomorrow I'm going to spend some time uh, with the folks over at Douglas Sales. Uh, they handle the Metro New York market for us. They are our second oldest business relationship. They've been with us uh, over 60 years. So James appointed them either late 50s or very early 60s. But it is accurate to say, then, there was this... Uh, central location, of course, in Shenandoah, Shenandoah and then another it. one in the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area. That's our, and maybe that's, not so much in between. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's why I consider you such a celebrity then, because since I was born, Mrs. T's pierogies were always uh, a part of my life. Yeah. In 60s, 70s, 80s. Absolutely. So this was a targeted area. And probably not by mistake, and I hope I'm not insulting to your people. I grew up just outside of Carbondale, uh-huh. and I'm told that the entire coal and train transport of it economy started to crunch and leave and dissolve away in the 50s sure so that's when the economic downturn kind of begins Mm -hmm. and the same thing in your area correct same thing so that decline hit our area women were in the workforce uh through the war efforts i mean you you're you're talking about parts of the evolution of the country and our society happening while we're out there trying to make pierogies. Yes. You're growing up as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so we had garments and tobacco. We had cigar factories. Uh, so the labor, when it was so intensely laborious in the coal mines, when that started to decline, right. there were people working and the garment industry and um, that tobacco sector took over. Yeah, we had the garment industry mm-hmm. here too. Yeah, tobacco left our area before the garments and that started to decline and went away with NAFTA. So we used to have, we, I think Shenandoah had five or six garment factories. Yep. So my now, mother-in-law, who worked for my dad, ended up uh, leaving, and she was working in the uh, garment trade. So all this is on decline. Coal is leaving. People are kind of losing their job. It's the mm-hmm. 60s, uh, a little bit of an economic downturn. Mm-hmm. Your area, my area, but pierogies are blossoming. Yes, God bless us. So we they're in the Scranton, Wilkes-Barre area, thanks to this marketing guy. Mm-hmm. Who's he again? James O. Brown. Is this guy like he has the slicked hair? He's got the quick talk. He's got the gold watches. Ah, he might have had the gold watch. I'm trying. To, um, I wouldn't portray him as a <laughs> madman type okay. of slickster here. <laughs> but he's a part of the success. He's oh like, my let's gosh, get them yeah. into the Scranton area. My father right? would claim, because you can see a lot of people talk about partnerships and that they're always doomed. Um, and my dad is also a uh, proponent of that. And But he said, 
ours was the only partnership that worked. It, was, it was a blessing. He loved James, and it, he was fabulous for our business. Well, what about Lennon and McCartney? That worked. That was Yes, for a while. <laughs> so did James. <laughs> not 30 years not like 30 us. Years. I was just going to say, James was there for what? Is, is he still alive? He retired. No, James passed away. Uh, his son took over the business. Oh, and really? And even the third, uh, James O'Brien third was involved. But by then, they had tr- there was a lot of change in the uh, sales force industry, the brokerage industry. So there's a lot of consolidation. So James O'Brown merged with somebody who merged with somebody. And so then they became pretty much focused on uh, the distribution only. So now it's the 60s. You and your family, your siblings are born. I'm finally alive now. So I actually know something. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. You're alive. Uh, are the pierogies still limited to like the northeastern part? Of, well, not even. Are they still just in Pennsylvania, Shenandoah area, 60s. and Wilkes-Barre, Scranton? Yeah, I think they. You, we started to grow with uh, New York. But Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, New York, uh, because we had Douglas Sales, but we also hooked up with another broker out in Pittsburgh. And uh, so, we oh, so now we're expanding west we, to Pittsburgh. This to is Pittsburgh. still '60s. And so, when is that moment? Uh, there's not a moment. I know. No, but when I, is when is know. when does it become? I don't know. If I'm in, if I'm in Pittsburgh, if I'm in Albany, New York, and there's pierogies in the supermarket, they're they're all over the place. Mrs. T's. When is that? Is that '70s? It just if you, if you limit it to Pennsylvania. Then I would think it would be nicely established uh, in the '60s. In the '60s, mm-hmm. it was a pretty well-known thing. Yeah, Mrs. T's. Yeah, I think so. It's still it, very fairly localized. Do, do 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 you when you're born? Do your parents once your mom and dad start making money, they build a big new house. Here comes the siblings. Oh, they nope. each get their own room. We have five no. bathrooms. <laughs> we were just talking about that. <laughs> Uh, no, no, couldn't be further from the truth. So my mom moved in to the house with my grandmother. So my mom and dad get married, and they're living in the house on 218 North Main Street with uh, Bobby. Pierogies are being Bobby. made at the bar. Yes, and pierogies are being made at the bar. Has Teddy, has Timmy, has Tommy. We're in the 60s. They've, three boys, there you are. That's it, three boys. There, And they never moved out. They never moved out? No. Lived in Shenandoah at 218 North Main Street all these years. Your mom and dad yep. walking around with $100 bills falling out of their pocket. No. Globally sold. I got, per my mom would get 60 bucks a week to run the household <laughs> and have money left over. So. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm elaborating a little bit. But come on. There's got to be a point. Stuff I'm making stuff up, folks. But there's got to be a point where you're like, you felt it. You're in kindergarten. You're in third no. grade. You're in seventh grade. And you're like, I'm the T no. in Mrs. T's pierogies. I'm oblivious. I don't know how Ted and Tim were. I'm oblivious. I don't till, believe it. Okay. But till I'm, I'm working there, I don't realize the, the size and scope and, and responsibility. Um, now, when you say working there, where is it now? When did At it Mrs. leave the T's? bar? When did it leave the bar? When did that? Oh, we're ha- still in the bar. The bar is just gone. The bar actually is a part of the office. Oh, I now. didn't know that. Your beautiful yeah. facility, which I visited years ago, yep. that was grown off of the bar. Sure. Get out of here. Yeah. So our lobby was created in 1989. Before that, it was the street. And on the one side of the street was the bar. And next to it was, I thought there was a music store. My uncle's music store. But that's where he went down to and worked in the bar. The production went from the center street back, and we were working on multiple floors. So there might have been warehousing on a higher floor. I know there were roller conveyors that we as kids would ride on cardboard and 
that was our wow. makeshift roller coasters. Um, but uh, yeah, we we grew at the bar. Then the next big step for bigger production was we bought a building across the street. There was an old uh, service station, uh, and my dad was able to buy that. And that's when they moved across the street. So now, could we fast forward? You're in high school. You're thinking, I need a career. I'm going to no. take over the pierogies. No. What's happening? I am in high school, enjoying the high school experience and and getting ready to go to college. Uh, my brothers had both gone to Notre Dame. So... Uh, does, does your dad kind of say, let's do this? Is he an influential, let's go to Notre Dame kind of guy? I went there, you're going there? Everybody said that. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. So your uncle went there, your father went there, your brothers are there, so you're going to go to Notre Dame. I'm, I'm going to have to go to Notre Dame. Um, I didn't. They didn't want me. <laughs> so uh, once I got the, I was waitlisted at Notre Dame. Oh, really? Then I had to go look for a college. So I was so brainwashed that I'm supposed to go to Notre Dame yeah, that yeah. I had nothing prepared or planned. So I go back up to the shoebox that's in my room and I start going through the letters and, and flyers that have been sent from a variety of colleges because there is no Internet. Right, you, right, right, right. You, you found out about colleges by reading about them or you knew their football teams played or basketball or you got letters uh, introducing you to the school because For- – they heard about you through the SATs, I guess. For the young people listening, they have to hear that because I would go down to the guidance and I'd look at catalogs. Ah, yes. And, yeah. and, I, and no one was like, oh, I wonder what the food's like there. I wonder <laughs> what the dorm is like. Where yeah. They're so pampered now. Parents like me who go to look and see the facilities. It's an I arms mean, race. The I, schools do it. I, I, How much yes. more money can I pour into these things I know, to, to attract, attract the kids? More. Yep. It was like going to war back in the uh, in the seventies and eighties when you went to college. It's like, oh yeah, that's where I'm going. Who cares what it looks like? Who cinder block walls, bunkers? Yeah. Oh well, with Tim and Ted were there at Notre Dame. Um, my mom can, still says, "Well, you never wanted to go to Notre Dame." It really wasn't a matter of wanting to or not. It was like preordained, and uh, because I'd heard all the stories about the. The, the Notre Dame winters, the yeah, yeah, dorms. Yeah. Oh, My okay. mom was horrified. The first year Timmy went, um, he was in a different dorm than Ted. And they were in the basement ducking below steam pipes and stuff. <laughs> she was so offended. She wanted to pull him out. Um, That's what makes good people. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, it certainly bonds yeah. the guys that are living in those uh, conditions together. So where'd you go? I got a call from the University of San Diego. Really? Yep. I'm embarrassed I've known you this long. I never even knew that. Yeah. They sent information to me, called the house, wanted to know if I knew about the school and things. One of the things my mom and dad, besides the Notre Dame bit, had was we would not be allowed to be close to home for school. They had that rule. Yeah. They did not want it to. They did not want us to be able to come back for the weekends and what? allow college to be a, uh, a continuation of high school. And now yeah. parents would probably be... be uh, laughed at for that type of belief. Cold, insensitive. But these were different times. No, they weren't cold and insensitive. I know, it's just funny how... I got the lesson that they were trying to teach. Yeah, you got to break free, grow your wings, fly off. So did you go? There was no interpretation that I was going to go to California for school. That that was wacky. So what do you do? I went to... It was a beautiful school. It was a small, uh, private Catholic school, so it had a lot of things that were similar to Notre Dame. I uh, met somebody on the board of trustees once, and uh, they said, well, we want to be the Notre Dame of the West. 
hmm, okay. Then I, uh, my, my theory was I'd run into a lot of people, and we all had Notre Dame clothes on. Yeah. And they said, did you apply to Notre Dame? Yeah. Did you get accepted? No. Oh, <laughs> so that was like the, the – And the, I said, the, I wonder if they just sent the wait list to the yeah. school and say, call these people. I had no like idea. That's like Yeah. So I was fortunate to go out there. It was a great school and a great opportunity. My mom and dad, when they moved me in and stuff, and we toured the school and checked it out. But uh, my mom said, we will never let Tim visit you. Not until he graduates. Why? Because when he sees this place, he's going to bail on Notre Dame and come out here. <laughs> is that much nicer? <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous. It's really? San Diego. Yeah. yeah, the weather. But so this oh, was like a... was beautiful. I'd never even seen landscaping like that. It was. Amazing. Is that right? You don't grow plants like that in coal. Well, you know why? Because they knew you were towards it. <laughs> <laughs> they knew you were Mrs. T's no, Empire. I don't think so. The child. The Notre be... Dame should have wanted me then. Well, they didn't have to. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> They'd so have, so you're there? They had enough of us. Yeah, they had enough of you. So you're there? You did it? Two, three, four years? Four you got years. Out? Got out in four years. Big mistake. I should have stayed five. <laughs> and what's the uh, degree? Psychology. Get out of here. Business minor. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. That's why you're always trying to figure me out. That's right. I'm peering close <laughs> into your eyes. <laughs> what do That's... I have? Uh, uh, issues, you think? We all have issues. Yes, so. we do, baby. All right. So <laughs> some, then of you... them, some of us wear them a little more openly than others. <laughs> so you come back thing. home, and then what are you doing? Um, or you don't come back home. I, don't I was coming home. I uh, here he is, twenty two years old. The pierogi empire is established. You can get pierogies in the Midwest. You can get pierogies. Get, you can get pierogies in California. You can get you, your pierogies you, we were could get being them in sold San Diego. in San Diego yes. when you were there. Yes, I was a campus rep. Timmy was a campus. Nineteen eighty two. Eighty. I graduated in eighty three. So seventy nine to eighty three. You're seeing your name in supermarkets around the college in yeah. California. I did not know that. Absolutely. That's huge. I would That's go out big... to the stores, I'd have coupons, and I would try to encourage people and give them coupons for pierogies. Now, you had to use that to pick up chicks back then. Well, like You take them to the supermarket and you say, this is my family. So I go, and I am dressed up, suit and tie. I don't know how to do this. I'm going to make a nice impression. And I've got a coupon for a free box of Mrs. T's pierogies. I'm going up and down the aisle of people in the frozen food aisle, and I have no takers. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants me to come near them. It was really depressing. It was. Yeah, but what do you mean? They weren't selling well there. They were there. They, I was. But you, I know you were doing trying to give them a coupon. No, I don't know. I think you were it just was that was me. your pitch. That was your weird pitch. I think it was my pitch. I think it was my look and my dress. Because then I said, it was really tough, and I felt bad. So then I dusted myself off. A couple of weeks later, I said, I'm going to do this again. But I just had my Mrs. T's T-shirt on. It was like I, I can remember it. It was a yellow sleeve uh, baseball t-shirt type thing and it had i deserve the best mrs t's pierogies and i had my jeans and i went to the store with coupons but i don't understand i gave them all away but why are you doing this i don't understand just because i'm trying to introduce people to pierogies but they're already in the stores yeah but But they're on a shelf doesn't help you got to get them to take them home and try them over and over and over again you can get anything on a shelf it's just how do you get them to buy them once they're on the shelf you can get anybody to buy something these are wisdoms from my dad you can get anybody to buy something once but can you get them you to buy keep it over and over? Are they going to keep coming back? So, so do, do, you're in college are now not doing known this? out in West Coast. I was going to say, you're, I'm getting to that. I right. can't wait to hear this. So you're in college doing this? Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. think your parents behind your back were like, yeah, he's in psychology in California. He'll find out the hard way. Like, are they doing that? Or I wonder. They're probably a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't go to Notre Dame was always a disappointment. So, oh, yeah, what's he doing in California? And is he getting. I respect the fact that you didn't go to Notre Dame because you bucked the system, <laughs> you 
Nonconformist, you did your the own system thing. System bucked me. No, you did your own thing. You broke out. You plowed forward. You blazed your own trail. All right, got to so do something. So uh, I guess I could have I... waited. I mean, there was a lot of conversation about well, apply to a different school, uh, spend the first year, and then transfer back into Notre Dame. And that, I didn't want to do that. That that didn't feel right to me. All right, so you come back, and then what happens? Or not come back, but what? what get, I graduate. Two, three, four and years. And now old. I face what's going to happen. Now my brother Tim had graduated two years before, and he has joined the company. He has joined yeah. the company. Yeah, so he's the oldest working. brother. No, it's middle. middle, middle. Yep, yep. He's, he's working for the company, and he is doing uh, sales and marketing. He, gra- he went to school and had a degree in marketing. Oh. Ted, our oldest, uh, graduated from Notre Dame, and he pursued his master's degree. Uh, from the University of South Carolina. So I get out. I'm, I'm graduated from college. He graduates from the master's program. My dad invites us both to come back to the business. And I thought, because it was never really predestined. My dad did a good job in not... Um, That's what I'm wondering. Making us feel like we had to or it's expected or forcing us to come back to the business. If we wanted to, he would welcome us back. Yeah, but deep down inside... Are you thinking I always have this safety blanket if I yes. fall? You, oh, sad to say. The honesty of yeah. you saying that. Yeah, sad to say. You, yeah, you fail, so what? I'll just go back. And, well, I, I'd watch my brothers uh, graduate and decide on what to do about work. Yeah. And, so, and then other people before me. Because, again, d- depending on your stage, what you are aware of uh, changes. So Ted graduates his uh, undergraduate degree and goes right into a master's program. Okay, that tells me one path. Tim graduates, comes back to work at the business. That shows me there is another path. Yeah. Because I'm still in school for a couple more years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a path. So that gets into my consciousness. Uh, Friends in the classes between my brother and I, they graduate from school. They go and try to – they get jobs. So I see how their their paths are going. Mm Mm-hmm. And so when I've graduated and my dad offers me the opportunity, um, the thought process through my head was, well, I still I have a girlfriend in Shenandoah. I, that's home. Where all my friends are there. Yeah. And there's a job lined up for me. Yeah. I can work for my dad. Sad to say, I'll admit, as I'm honest, the thought <laughs> runs through my mind, is there a chance to skip a couple of rungs on the corporate ladder somehow, oh! someday? Oh, the honesty pouring out. I love it. <laughs> so I went back to work for Mrs. T's, and my brother Ted and I are in there, and we actually are not doing anything. And You're getting a check, but really you're just like figureheads walking right. around. <laughs> we're not even walking around. And we were not encouraged as little kids to be around because my dad did not want us messing up yeah. with people who actually know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Here comes the owner's kids. Uh, yes. So my dad respected everybody that decided to come to work with him that you don't want that. So I'm, I'm Ted and I are, are trying to figure out what to do. The good news in that is that I was honestly bored. You're how old? You're 25, like maybe? No, four? I'm 21. Oh, you're just out of college. Okay. Out of college 20. So I, re- I realized genuinely and honestly that I must have some kind of work ethic because I don't like this, Ooh. not doing anything. So we're talking to my dad, and so what can we do? My brother Ted then decides he is not going to stay in the business. He's going to go and enlist in the Air Force wow. because he wants to see the world. So he leaves, 
and I'm trying to figure out what to do and what can I do. So my dad said, you're right, let's go. And he put me in the plant. So I work production. So you're, what do you mean? You're, you're, you're just like any other worker there? Hmm? Yeah. You like to think that. And right. You're not. I mean, I, I got not. my dad's peers and, and that worked with him uh, would always say things. And but you're not like in a managerial role. No, no. I'm working. I'm making – I have the first shift. I'm working. In- I'd swing shift, actually. So we were uh, first shift and day shift, and we swung about every week. So I would work first shift, and then the next week I would work second shift. And I started in production, and I was learning how to make the filling and make the dough. One of the guys that drives truck for us, he said, don't ever forget, because he still works for us. He said, don't forget, I taught you how to make dough. I said, I know. Gary and Harry keeps reminding everybody that he taught me how to make filling because he's still with us. And so I I learned how to make filling. I learned how to make dough. I learned how to make uh, run the packaging machines. Um, My dad then wanted me to start to learn how to, uh, to do some purchasing. Uh-oh, so, he's purchaser. Yes. So he had a couple of people that would do buying, and he wanted to get that consolidated, and he wanted me to do that and take those things off of the head operations or uh, uh, treasurer. So I worked my shift of production, and then the next couple hours that were left over, I would go into the office and start to learn how to purchase. That's a nice way to ease into it. How long were you like a uh, production guy? A year, two yeah, years? Yeah, probably a year. And do, do you remember hating that or not? No. No, I liked it. Repetitive, just blah, blah, I blah. I liked it. Head, like down, it. head down, get the work done. You meet a special but, lady, you're thinking about marriage. Are we there yet or no? No. No. <laughs> you're living at home, you're making I'm living money. living at home, though. I have my girlfriend. I'm work- she still had college. I'm working in production. Some of your peers are probably, look at the California guy. He's back home making pierogies. No, I don't know that. <laughs> They, maybe they did. <laughs> like, hey, how's it going? I don't know. What are you doing tonight? Okay, Friday, let's go out. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, They were my friends. No, I know. Um, I'm just... And I did this work. I liked it. I knew it was important. Uh, the people that were in the plant were super nice, very conscientious. That's to, to this day, still conscientious. So I learned that. I mean, I learned that these people, they knew their stuff, and they cared, and they applied themselves every day. So it's not about the repetitiveness. Isn't it? That's, okay, right. It takes, it takes all kinds, and it takes a certain person that is going to be able to come in and do a consistently diligent, quality job. I love it, and yeah. you are correct with that. And It's hard for me to realize it from that angle since mm-hmm. I'm so hyperactive and ADD. <laughs> yeah, you might not <laughs> cut it at our place for that reason. I have a lot of issues. You know that with your background. Yeah, but there's virtue to that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. So now could you fast forward? I don't want to get too bogged down. I want to get to some questions, but this is great. Not that that's you're going Sean to. gets to edit. No, that's right. No, the- this is great. No, I'm the guy bogging it down, I guess. So now, uh, years later, you then work up. You're a purchaser. Now you're mm-hmm. starting to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And um, and your your dad's in it and your mom until, until- – My mom's not working in the business now. She, she never serves- was. No, I mean that was. She's a stay-at-home mom when you were growing up. Stay-at-home mom, absolutely. And your dad's in it until the end. Yep. Isn't that something? Yeah, my dad retired from all positions: board, profit sharing, trust. um, In 1992. Oh, okay. Forty-year run. That's excellent. Founding to 1992. Now, I remember on one of my bike rides 15, 16, 17 years ago when I stopped at – it's a vague memory. I think it was Tim, your brother's Tim house. <laughs> and uh, he let me ride that? in his Honda convertible at the time. He t- let me take it for a ride. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm trying to remember now. Was, how long is he living in Frackville? 
Is that where did you I saw think him? it was Frackville. Okay, and I think he was your position. Did you guys reverse, or what happened there? Tim was always sales and marketing. Oh, okay. My dad saw the two of us working together like Murray and Marvin Lender. Now, they were Lender's bagels. And Murray was famous in the industry for popularizing bagels. He was Mr. Outside. Marvin, his brother, was Mr. Inside his operations. All right. So nobody knew Marvin. Everybody knew Murray. Oh, I see. Right, nobody right. knows me. Everybody knew Tim. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tim's Mr. Outside, and he was marketing sales and promotions. Gotcha. Yeah. And is he still that role, or am I getting too nosy? No, Tim retired. He retired? Tim successfully retired. My brother Ted is successfully retired. Dun, dun. So clearly, dun, dun. the two Notre dun, Dame dun. graduates have dun, retired, dun. and I'm still working. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I see retirement. It's over there on your horizon. It is. There I it is. feel it breathing down my no, neck. No, you're a young man, and you have plenty left. So uh, a couple <laughs> questions I'll get to the uh, people have written me in, and they're ready to go here. But oh. I'm wondering a couple things. Mm-hmm. So right now. Where can you find Mrs. T's pierogies? All 50 states. All 50 states. You can states. find them in Hawaii. You can find them in Alaska. You won't find the breadth of our line in uh, those far-flung places, but you'll find a couple of varieties. Out of country. We, God bless us, have uh, been successful selling through uh, the commissaries, the military. So we've had veterans tell us that uh, they're so thrilled to see pierogies. Uh, people from the area says it's nice to see that taste of home uh, all over the world. Um, we don't. We we've been at a store. A friend of mine sent me a picture. They're on vacation in Grenada, and uh, Mrs. T's pierogies are on sale in there. Is it fair to say there are some states they sell very poorly, and if you go to the average person, they never even heard the word pierogi? I will Where say it th- that way. About half of that. I wouldn't say we sell poorly. Okay. No. Uh, but I, well, no. Our our pierogi pocket is uh, the Rust Belt. We are from the Midwest down through Pennsylvania, Ohio, up into New England uh, states. That is our core. Pennsylvania, Ohio, New York, New Jersey, I mean, that is absolutely the breadbasket for, for Mrs. T's pierogies. We have all of the snow bunnies that jump down, uh, snowbirds, not snow bunnies, snowbirds, that fly down They're to Florida. Bunnies, birds, Bird bunnies. And uh, so we have a nice uh, business with uh, the stores in Florida because people have transferred yeah, their yeah, knowledge yeah, yeah. and love of pierogies. So with people uh, uh, moving around, uh, they take what they know from home and love and want it and find it and grow it in new markets. So, yeah, we've got a bunch of markets where we're really just starting out still. You is, get one or two flavors. Is we've Iowa got, one of them? Yes. I was a Mindy, small market. Yeah. Mindy Ramsey, our morning colleague, uh-huh. said she has never had never eaten a never. pierogi before she came here, and right. that's Iowa. The, I mean, what do they Not know? A shock. They they have cornfields. Right. The highlight of their life is driving. <laughs> 50 miles to find a Walmart. So let's not value their lack. <laughs> oh, now, of come per- on. Okay, I made that. That's true. <laughs> that All right, we so just haven't every- done our job in advertising and promoting and telling them about this, this food wonderful they're going to love. This food they're going to love. It's on us. Is it's there a big us. moment? Nothing sells itself. I've learned that. Is that right? Nothing sells itself. Certain things do. Come on. Smokes? No. Why would they spend the billions on advertising? Why would there be laws preventing them from advertising? Contraband? So... Contraband? Can you buy contraband? Uh, well, you know what I mean. All right, no, I, I'm not sure. All right. Let's get into that. I didn't want to say that. Uh, uh, how about – here's what I'm thinking now. Um, when did it leave the pinchers and go uh, to a press? Is that a big move? Yes. Yeah. We, we are mechanized. 
Yeah, how can we you not have be? a combination? There's no it's, secret there. It's cruel and unusual, uh, and OSHA would not be happy about repetitive injuries of people <laughs> yeah. pinching millions and millions of pierogies. Um, so my dad worked with a gentleman, Lou Hoffman, from Shenandoah, and uh, he he believed he was a mechanical genius, and he had been doing work with and around machines. But my dad and Lou and my dad's cousin Chris, towards a together created no they didn't yeah there there were no pierogi making machines this was a local guy who created uh-huh. this genius you're saying this yep. engineering genius get out of here yeah. yeah together they created the uh, like a and, press and the yeah i know that there's a variety of technologies that come together to make it um but they don't they existed for other reasons and yeah. it took somebody i know how to put things together and make them work. So Lou is a, a, a fine German uh, machinist, and everything would be precise. But he, he grew up in Shenandoah. Himself. Yep. He pr- prided himself in that precision. So the first time he ever made one of the lines, uh, they started it up, and five minutes, the, total, the machine totally bound up and, and shut down <laughs> <laughs> and because it was too finely tuned. Because we're introducing, it's not a Mercedes engine where everything is controlled. We're introducing flour and potatoes. Amorphous blobs of flour, yeah. So as this stuff gets, the machines get exposed to that, it just shut down. So my dad used to tell the story, it broke Lou's heart to have to loosen it up. Make it a little sloppy to be able to run. Stereotypically German, right? I mean, I hate to say that. but So what year was this? That would have been in the 60s. In the 60s. Yeah. So I know that we have gone through iterations. It's proprietary because we had to invent the stuff. Sure, yeah. So we don't talk a lot about it. Uh, But there were... That that was that combination of uh, uh, people and machine. You'd be using your arms. You'd be using your legs. You could make things turn and spin and rotate and close and pinch and it was right. and it evolved from very very simple tools to what we're using today who knew there was a german engineer in shenandoah this is what i learned today <laughs> all right so now we fast forward you're married kids the kids grew up spoiled to death with pierogi my money kids? yeah yeah i'm making well, that's true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no my god true. bless our kids tim has three boys i have two yeah, uh, and of course I have to ask: are, Do you feel like someone of your siblings or you, their kids, will continue this? I don't know. We are, we're not getting the sense of that at this point. No. Yeah, they're all pursuing different paths, and I which wonder, again is a continuation, which I hope to continue, of not pressuring the kids. If they want to, then we'd certainly be willing to figure out a way to let them come back into the business. Uh, but if they don't want to. Yeah. They shouldn't feel pressured. No, they shouldn't I, I, feel obligated. That's not right. Is there a chance? Here's the question I shouldn't ask that my wife would say. Why did you say that? In 20 years, 30 years, Mrs. T's pierogies is bought out by a conglomerate, and it's just Johnson & Johnson or something like that. I mean, that could happen. You probably had offers, and you oh, turned yeah. them down. You, you could get, do that. You can cash you out, and you can have your own little island uh, on Key West right now. Is that my mission? <laughs> is that what God has me on this earth to do? No, but right, that happens. Yeah, well, There's sure. not too many big shot in every state in the union food distribution uh, companies that are privately owned and based by a family in one little small town. I don't know anymore. Uh, it, there's, there's something happening in the industry that um, people are making 
new things. Uh, if you're if you're we're small, if you're you're starting up with a niche in mind, you can say I am going to be gluten free. I'm going to be organic. I'm going to be non GMO. All these things that resonate with today's consumers. Okay, and there's there's beauty in that. And some of the big companies have found that it's easier to buy one of those companies that's that is able to be successful in that niche than to try to do it themselves because, one, the big company will not be granted uh, the right to be in that field. Okay. The consumer will say, I don't sense any authenticity, so I don't want to buy my uh, organic hummus from ConAgra. I, I don't know. Gotcha. No, stuff that makes up. sense. That, that's a thing. But the other one is uh, not that they can't do a good job. I think that's a, an unfair characterization that they can't stay authentic to the product. Sometimes it's hard. I mean, a big company, any company like us, okay, we're a flour-based company and we have flour uh, for the dough. For us to go gluten-free would require a whole different recipe, which is not impossible, but then I have to have a facility to run it that is not contaminated with gluten for lack of a better phrase. Contaminate is not the right word. Uh, but tainted. I'd have to... No, not tainted, because there's I nothing know. wrong with gluten that's unless you have celiac. And that's like less than which 1% is of the population. Yeah, that's like but a it's tr- a serious problem for I, them. I understand that, yeah. but you can't cater to every genetic or uh, yeah, dietary abnormal... Can you? Sure. Well, I might not be able to, given the scope or scale of and, and the costs of my business, but somebody starting yeah. could. Yeah. That's the beauty of okay, it. Okay. I mean... The, the population for people who want and uh, want to buy gluten free, I believe, I'm just guessing here, spit, spitballing, is probably larger than the population of people who wanted frozen pierogies in 1952. Wow. Okay. Woo. So come on. But there is a little trendy of aspect million to that. People. You know it. I people don't know. People think they sh- are gluten free. Well, they think it's healthier. Yeah, they yeah, think they it's think healthier. It's, healthier. It's, it's not. I don't know what the science is yet. Uh, I'm it the definitely science. is. For, okay, <laughs> I'll take you as expert. Unless you um, have silly but, yeah, disorder. I could. I would love to do it. It requires because you're trying to be true and authentic to the people who need them to be gluten free. Right. You can't make it in a. a environment that has gluten flour so our packaging we list allergens now me buying and running the operations we didn't we didn't have a concern over allergens that's an evolution of society yes so now yes our complication when 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 we look at the decision tree to make pierogies in the factory decision tree yeah it's okay (laughs) what did we make what do we have to make next what does it conflict with so if I have bacon, obviously conflicts with our kosher dietary <clears throat> laws. So there's only certain times and ways we can run that. Then there are, uh, is it vegan? Uh, for us to then complicate things with certain ingredients that we have, whether there's a nut allergy that we have to worry about. Low fat, low sodium, you yeah. can take that to a million different It places. is. Right. And so it makes it really complicated to figure out how to do what you're trying to uh, do every day, make what you're making, and absolutely honor the promise you're making to your consumers that yep. when I say this, and this is a food term, it's adulterated. When I say my food's not adulterated, I mean it. And we work, we take great lengths, good companies take great lengths to make sure that there's nothing in that that's not supposed to be there. Folks, he's getting awful serious on us. We got to lighten <laughs> things up with some questions. Cut all that serious stuff. No, I love all the serious stuff. All right. 
Here's my question for Tom Twardzik. What's something you've always wanted to stuff in a pierogi, but the stuffed <laughs> shirts over the years would never go for it? You are the stuffed I'm shirt. I'm the stuffed shirt. That's Joey from Weatherly. Did you ever? I don't know. You probably get that all the time. Sure. I mean, we, we constantly think of what else can we put in, um, what's going to add to the line and not take away. That's right. You don't want to do the jump the pierogi shark. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all watched the Flintstones. Once they started adding, who is it, little, or the Scooby-Doo, Scrappy. Oh, Doo, yes. Or Happy Days, oh, let's bring in uh, Chachi. Once mm-hmm. you do too much, you're doing too little. You got to keep it pure sometimes. Keep it pure, baby. Listen to consumers. Listen to your customers. They'll tell you what they want you to do. And so there's things like fruit filling. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Tom. I'm not going to let you do certain things. All right. All right. Ask him. Uh, let's see. Uh, we all love the inside of pierogi. What now? This guy. He's saying the dough's too thick and sometimes too thin and other pierogies. Oh. How do you find that perfect balance? I don't know. Is that? Well... That is, I mean, some people six, like it thick, some people yeah, like it thin. Yeah. My father said, uh, you know, some people like vanilla, some people like chocolate, That's some people right. like strawberry. So we try to we, we try to keep making the same pierogi that we've been making because that was one of the things with my dad. Uh, he was a fan of the uh, Ray Kroc school of branding and the McDonald's thing. Claims there was a quote. I don't know if he followed up on it, um, but it makes sense to me. He said, Ray says, I could make a better burger. I can make a more expensive burger. But I, that's not what people are coming to McDonald's for. McDonald's, McDonald's customers are coming for this burger. Good point. That Quick, they can easy, get simple. Each and every time, yeah. without fail, anywhere in the country. So to make the consistency, that was primary for my dad because the, the bond, the relationship between the brand and our consumer is, I ate these and I like them. Don't change them. So we work hard to not change that over sixty six years of it makes making. total sense consistency so, and yeah. and could I imagine uh, a pierogi with a thinner dough? Sure, I mean there's things I can imagine that I could. You can do so many things, right? But yeah, you're right. But, then you sell yourself to. But the record of success of consumers telling us they like this tells us we should keep doing this, and it's all marketing. I like Finding out from the consumer what they. What? Yeah. I like Dennis. He's like, tell Mr. Big Shot to come out with a double stuff pierogi. <laughs> all right, Mr. Stuff. Big Shot. I like his idea. Double stuff. I'm all for I love dough. I mean I'm a double stuff. I'm a dough fan, so I love it. And I love the combination of our filling and our dough. I love the mouthfeel. I love the Ooh. texture. You know? I'm with you, bro, but you have to say and that. I too, would right? love to put no a double stuff. I don't have to say that. I know you well it's true and it's genuine. I <laughs> When it's not, that's when somebody else will be running the place. Uh, I love them. I love, I would love to put more filling in. I don't think I can do an Oreo double stuff because I don't know how to do that. How do you that. do that? You know, have a thin slice a, of, dough, of dough in the middle? I would have to make a big, no, I wouldn't put more dough in. You'd make a bigger dome and oh, fill it with more uh, filling. Too much surface area. You have to have something containing it a little bit. Little well, pockets. that dough stretches. So True a flat that. sheet of dough gets stretched to make the pocket that I put the filling in. Tom, you're thinking about this one too much. Let's change the subject <laughs> here. You can be pure and honest. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Van Halen, David, or Sammy? Come on. <laughs> what, I mean, oh. are you going to go old school with uh, David Lee my, Roth? Or my is... friends went to see Black Sabbath in concert 100 years ago when Van Halen was just touring, and they were the, the uh, 
warm-up band for Black Sabbath. I didn't go to the concert, but I, were, I was asking people how the, the show was. Oh, Sabbath was great, but oh, the, the warm-up back Van Halen, they were incredible. And then next thing you know, they're oh. on a rocket ship. So you're going fame. with uh, David Lee Roth. I never quite appreciated his singing style. What? <laughs> So you're going Sammy Hagar, I'm, 80s? And so, oh, yeah, my goodness. I'm, I get Hagar more. Speaking of podcasts. I can play podcast, heavy metal for you right now. We know, oh, you can play the guitar. I can play the guitar. He can play the guitar, folks. Speaking of that, I listened to a podcast. Guess who was in it last week? David, David Lee Roth. Lee Roth. <laughs> they say never meet your idols. Like, oh. I, I ended up not even liking the guy. Oh. So I don't know if that takes away from my van. He was, so what's that mean for me now? He was like, yeah, you were right. <laughs> Sammy Hagar, I've heard Anybody Sam. listens to this iPod, they're, I'm, I'm dead to them. <laughs> Ask him if Mrs. T is still married to Mr. T. I haven't seen Mr. T in a long oh, time. I don't know if they're referring to you. I think they're or, referring to my mom and dad, yeah. Ted and Gene. Yeah. Uh, my dad passed away. Mm-hmm. He passed away in 2016. Okay. And Mrs. T is still yep. uh, doing fine. Yep, still the reigning Mrs. T. Same home. She yep. isn't that something. Yep. They now they did do the snowbird bit. They had a place. They they were uh, they're Florida residents, so she'd spend half oh. a year in Florida and the other. Uh, my dad referred to it as uh, his summer home in Shenandoah. Oh, who doesn't want to be a snowbird? I can see me going in that direction. <laughs> Come on, you hate winter as much as I do. Maybe not as much, but we are definitely getting tired of it. Yeah. My wife is, uh, she's done with it now. I'm not so much a winter hater as I am an outdoor lover. What yeah. did you do in the winter? Come on. You're limited. That is limited. Yes, I sit around and eat pierogies all day. Well, then I don't want you to move. <laughs> you got to stay. <clears throat> all right. So um, here you are today in 50 states. Yes. Kicking butt, running the business. All is well. Yeah. At Channel 16 doing a podcast. Who'd have thunk it? Feeling good, mm-hmm. listening to Sammy Hagar <laughs> run Van Halen. Not so much anymore. And uh, no, there are definitely David Lee Roth Van Halen songs I like. But I there know. were just some stylistic things that would drive me nuts about David. You don't like Roth. when he goes Aah! the screeching, the losing. The, I mean, stay the in tight pitch, leather pants. You know? Well, hey, <laughs> if you can do it. <laughs> well, it's been great hanging out with you. Could you think of anything uh, I left? Time's not up, is it? I can't believe it. it's already an hour. Wow. People are going to be uh, fast-forwarding their iPod. Yeah, iPod. Did I say iPod? No one you has said their, their, their iPhone. Yeah. Um, anything Angry. I left out that you want to wrap this thing up and say, Snedeker, how dare he not ask me that? No. Well, you did not even glance at the gift I brought for you. Well, because this is an audio podcast only. Oh, okay. I can post this. Is it worth me seeing or in getting my reaction now? Or Sure, why not? Here we go, folks. He brought me a present. The bag is being opened. He is smirking. He is reaching into the bag. He is pulling the bag out. He is... <laughs> I'm going to vomit. It's not v- I'm going to vomit. Oh, come on. It is broccoli and cheddar. <laughs> Mrs. T's pierogies. Broccoli is gross. You just spent two days Pr- ago. Prunes are gross. Shooting down. Oh, prunes are one of our, f- our first flavors. I'm going to end bar. with this suggestion. See, that's now the guy that asked, what else could we put back in the pierogies? I'm going to put prunes back in the pierogies no. just for you. Not prunes the and prunes broccoli have together. to go forever. Broccoli has to go forever. <laughs> They're good. And then we do a cheesesteak. Ooh. Dun, 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 dun. I know dun, a guy. Dun, dun, dun. He wants dun, me to dun, make dun, a cheesesteak pierogi. I have to dun. call him. And, folks, I will end <laughs> on my new passion and mission in life is to make Tom here get his business to make a cheesesteak cheese Mrs. T's pierogi. Full size or mini or both? 
gigantic size. Gigantic. Double oh. stuffed. Ooh. And that is a wrap. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. Outro. Curious, curious, curious. All right. Are your curiosities now solved? Come on. That was it. The great Tom Twardzik. Everything you wanted to know about Mrs. T's pierogies. Now, what's on your mind right now? Other things. I know. You're thinking, hey, this guy would be great with Snedeker. Hey, I want to know how that thing is made. I want to know why that happens. Hey, I know John down the road. He's a blank, 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 and he'd be blank, blank, blank. All these blanks you have to help us with. We're going to do a lot of curious items here, uh, and it's up to you. Send in a suggestion. Keep listening and spread the word. My email is joe.snedeker at wnep.com. We have information on our website, wnep.com. So uh, send us some ge- uh, some suggestions and just stay tuned and keep listening. And whatever you do, here's my big finish. Are you ready? Keep on rocking in the free world. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.